Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. I hope you're doing well. I know life is crazy, but I am thrilled to share today's podcast with you because I know it'll be an encouragement. It was an encouragement to me to have this conversation with Jeff Kemp, and and I think just so many words of, of wisdom and encouragement. It's just so enjoy today's podcast. Uh, I know that we're all looking for things just to keep us positive and pushing forward, and there's so much negativity all around uh but man when we rely on the lord and really look for the ways he's moving and and some of the things in our own lives that that we're now kind of freed up to do or there's new opportunities they're there we just got to look for them and so jeff and i discussed that today and if you are new to unpacking it uh check out our website unpackingit.com uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and and really appreciate you sharing and rating and and giving us feedback and and letting others know uh, about this podcast. And so uh, if you're a regular listener, we greatly appreciate all of your support. And, and if you're new as well, uh, check out our devotional. We call it Unpack This. And even though sports aren't going on right now, we're still taking sports stories, sports concepts, relating them to the Bible. And normally we're taking current sports stories. Right now we're, we're being creative and different things are popping up and, and we're still sending out a, a devotional Monday through Friday through email so you can subscribe for free on our website, unpackingit.com. Today's show is brought to you by Health Market Genius, healthmarketgenius.com. Get quotes for individual health insurance plans at healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Jeff Kemp is a former NFL quarterback. He joined the NFL in 1981, played 11 seasons with the Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, and Eagles. He was the first of only six sets of father-son NFL quarterbacks as his dad, Jack Kemp, also played in the NFL. Uh, Jeff is a speaker, a servant leader, and he works with, with high-performing teams, helping you know, businesses and leaders tackle the blitzes and obstacles that, that many entrepreneurs and companies face. He's the author of the book, Facing the Blitz. And you can find out more about his book, facingtheblitz.com, and his website, jeffkempteam.com. He's been on the show before. He joined us at the golf tournament, the Unpacking a Golf Tournament, a couple years ago. And and his uh, and just been, been a great uh, guy in the the unpacking it family. So thrilled to have him on the show today. He sent out this email, uh, I guess last week, just to his database that I'm on, and it was really encouraging. And thought, hey, let's talk about some of these topics on the podcast today. So that's what we're gonna do. So let's jump in. Here is Jeff Kemp. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. 
This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us right now on the Unpacking It podcast is Jeff Kemp. You can find out more information at facingtheblitz.com and jeffkempteam.com. He's back on the show. Jeff, it's a crazy time. It's a, everybody's facing a blitz right now, and so it's, a, it's a kind of the, the perfect time to have you on as, a, as an encourager. But, but how are you doing? And, and thanks so much for being with us. Hey, thanks, Bryce. I'm glad to be with you and, and all the guys listening. Um, I'm well. Um, my family as well. I have an elderly mom that I pray for, like every guy out there is praying for their parents. Um, a son stuck in New York City by himself, you know, trying to trade bonds that no one wants to trade and waiting for when he can, you know, be clear of the potentials of the virus to get connected to his wife again and his son way down in, in Alabama who are waiting this out instead of living in New York. But I've just been doing an awful lot of recalibrating mm. and uh, getting outside and walking. And I feel like when I'm outside with God, uh, I feel closer to him and I see the bigger picture rather than just what I see on my Twitter feed and what's coming through on the news. Um, and even being cooped up inside, uh, it tends to shrink your perspective. So I've been thinking, praying and walking and uh, reading a lot of scripture um, and actually writing some things. Because uh, I think this is a unique moment, Bryce. I think um, God is always speaking. You know that uh, we're not always listening, but he's really speaking in some very significant and special and powerful ways during these tri- times of crisis, uncertainty, blitz, as you know, we football players would, would call it. Uh, blitz isn't just danger. Mm. It's also opportunity. So that's where my focus is. What's the opportunity? What's God saying? What's he want me to learn? What changes does he want me to make? Uh, and how can I encourage others to use this season, uh, not just to survive or avoid fear, uh, but maybe to transform and change some things, call an audible, call a different play, change the way you're doing things with your wife, with your kids, the way you're treating money. Maybe you've overemphasized uh, entertainment or you're just looking for stuff online and screens to occupy your time. Maybe this is a time to realize you're supposed to, roll up your sleeves in relationships or get outside and work out or ride your bike, uh, do something constructive versus just be entertained. So I'm fine, but I'm, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. And, and I want to talk more about that. Just the idea of this being an opportunity. Uh, but just as we kind of get going here, I want you to share too, just how this is affecting you personally and practically uh, because you, you sent out an email and, and we'll talk a lot about kind of the encouragement that was in that email, but I mean, you were honest. You had five trips canceled, four conferences canceled or yeah. postponed. And, and so this is a, a affecting you. So I guess I just want to start off. We're, we're all kind of on the same playing field where we're all affected in some way, very practically with our business and just kind of our, our life and plans and all that kind of thing. So for you, what, what does that look like exactly? Um, well, I left the salaried position at uh, Family Life a little over two years ago to go out on my own and to focus on a mission of uh, training and leading men and training and leading leaders to lead better and and, uh, integrate their faith and do better in their family, not just in their business. So uh, I don't get paid if I don't speak. Mm. I don't don't get paid if I I don't travel. 
Um, I shipped a bunch of books to California and some other ones up to New England. Well, the, can- the, the conferences were canceled. I didn't go up there. I didn't speak. And I'm definitely not selling the books. Oh. Um, so, but you know what? I'm not looking at the moment. Uh, the way you beat a blitz is you have a long-term perspective. Uh, you look down the road. You don't just look at the moment. You're humble enough to, to be willing to change, do something different. And you got to focus on other people, not yourself as a victim. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I had like, like uh, five out of seven weekends cancel uh, for March and April. Mm. And definitely no income if you're not speaking and no selling books. But my wife is pretty cool. She said, you know what? You've been taking too long to write that book you're working on. You just use this time <laughs> that you're staying home and, and write the book, finish it. I'm working uh, on the mission, even if I'm not out there working in the mission. And my problems aren't great. They're temporary. Mm. I feel for restaurant workers. I feel for the people at the arenas that get paid hourly salaries and aren't going to get paid because everything's shut down. Um, I, I feel for, you know, everyone who has jobs that aren't happening right now. They don't have a salary. So there's hardship all over. By the same token, we are a, a big economy with a lot of wealth and between sharing and helping in families, taking out a loan here or there, things are going to rebound. Uh, so I'm, I guess, more concerned for others. But I do feel the pain right now. And I'm going to take this opportunity to develop something that will help me in the future, both sell books and have a message and impact a ton of men, I pray. Amen. No, I, I love that. And and just this this idea of of capitalizing on the opportunity and and what this we're slowing down. Things are canceled. We're we're home more. And so some of the the value that's taken place and and you sent out an email to your your database and, and said, you know, let's look for opportunity in the blitz, this crisis and the challenges to rest for margin, time with God, reset our trust in him, not circumstances, check in on others and serve them, be creative doing work that that counts. Any of those things you want to maybe expand on for for our audience today, just to be an encouragement to really leverage this opportunity and and capitalize this this unique opportunity that you spoke of? Um, I'll try and keep it simple. Uh, Starting point is this is a great time to remember that, no, we're not in control. Mm. But the world is not out of control. Hmm. It's a messed up world because, uh, you know, that angel Lucifer rebelled from God and Adam and Eve rebelled from God. And they're really a representative of you and me. And we rebelled from God. We all want to do it our own way. No, no, thanks, God. I can handle it myself. Well, uh, that's what messed everything up. Okay. But God has already come with the solution, Jesus. He's going to fix it all. He's just given us more time for more souls to find their way back to a father who will welcome them if we'll simply humble ourselves. So the world looks out of control. And yes, the enemy has some influence and bad diseases and tragedies can happen. uh, But God is still in control. He's still working. So I would say, number one, use this time sink your roots into your personal relationship with Christ. Mm. Get to know Jesus more. Get to know the Heavenly Father better. Uh, Start reading the Bible as a relationship with God versus, oh, I got to read 10 minutes today. I got to have a quiet time. Mm. Um, I haven't had one in three weeks. I'm a bad Christian. Uh, Oh, the pastor gives a good sermon. I'll consume it from him Mm. like a passive consumer. No, go to the source yourself. Mm. So use this as a spiritual energizing time. Okay. 
Um, and that helps to take some solitude, some silence, take a walk, spend a little more time reading the Bible, turn off your screen and jump into the word. All right. So that's number one relationship with God. He's in control. And uh, it's a humbling thing. We are not in control. Mm. And that's good for us to know. Number two, people are driven back home, right? Guys, your wife's been waiting for you to talk to her. <laughs> She's been waiting for you to play with them. Uh, there are some errands and chores and tangible ways you could serve your wife. My wife's love language is service. I stink at service. Me I'm too. good at word, words too. and stuff. If I do those things, I'm proving love for her. And that improves our relationship, which makes both of us more happy, right? So guys, take advantage of time at home to focus in and listen to her, talk to her, pray with her. Try praying every day. If it starts short, God, man, we need you a lot, but thank you that you love us. Take care of our family. Amen. Great. Do that for seven days and then maybe add to it the next week. Hmm. Connect to your wife. Listen to your wife. Ask her questions. This is a great time to say, hey, zero to 10, how's our relationship doing? And if she tells you two or three, don't get mad at her and say, come on, it's at least an eight. Um, <laughs> say, what would it take to move it closer to a 10? And all of a sudden you got this built-in free marriage counselor coaching you on how to improve your relationship, which if you improve your relationship, you'll make your life better mm. and you'll make your fathering better. And the environment in your home is better and more fun. And that affects work, right? right. Oh yeah. And everything else. So number one, close to God. Number two, get close to your wife. If you're married, if you're single, stay so close to God that you don't get tempted by all the junk that's on the internet. Mm that's given you false versions of women that make you treat the women in your life kind of like competitive objects that you're trying to get benefit from. Mm. That won't be the basis for a good uh, dating relationship. It won't lead to a good future marriage. So you need to train now uh, for that as a single guy. All right. And I call it being an investor, not a consumer in relationships. So uh, close to God, close to your wife, if you're married and Lean into your kids, uh, play some games, uh, do some chores with them, ask them some questions. You be the school teacher since everyone's on homeschooling duty. Uh, roll up your sleeves and, and, and teach them some real life lessons. M make math come alive. Show them a business example or a sports example. Okay, so use your entrepreneurship, dudes, with your kids mm. and help your wife get them educated and remember, your wife may be may, way smarter than you in the Bible. She may seem more spiritual. You think she doesn't sin as much as you. So you kind of disqualify yourself from leading spiritually in the home. Nope, that's the enemy, Satan, disqualifying you. He works with shame. God works with whatever you give him. So just say, God, I'm kind of a rookie at this. I'm not that good. I don't know that much, but I want to lead my family spiritually. So help me start praying for them. And uh, a quick idea is on, when Sunday comes around, you lead church. Hmm. Tell the family, hey, get a cup of orange juice or a cup of coffee. Let's sit in a circle. Uh, you know, pop on a, a song on your iPhone from Christian worship and let the kids sing to it. You don't have to sing if you don't want. Um, and then <laughs> say some prayers of gratitude and ask everyone to say, what are you thankful for? And then ask everyone to say what they're concerned about and say their own prayer to pray for people. And then say, let's talk about a story from the Bible and think of some simple Jesus story and uh, let the family tell the story. And then after they tell the story and do a little Chris Collinsworth color commentary on filling in the gaps, hmm. read it in the Bible and then ask three questions. What's the story say about God? And what does it say about us as humans? And what's it say about the way 
that we could live to please God. And all of a sudden everyone's talking and dude, you're having church hmm. and you, you let it at home. And uh, you can ask your wife to close in prayer. If you think she's better at prayer, you don't need a building to have church. That's right. And you actually don't even need the video screen with, although I would recommend using the sermon from your church, but think of that thing I just talked about. That'd probably be worth way more with your kids and it'd be shorter and they would own it. So mm. lean into your kids, spend time with them, play games with them, talk to them, uh, love on them. You can ask them the same question. Hey, zero to 10, what would make your relationship with daddy uh, move closer to a 10? Love it. No, it's great practical advice and good ideas. And the only thing I would push back on, don't give the guys a cop out not to sing. They got to <laughs> sing. Come on. Okay, well, if you turn if you turn up the stereo nice and loud or, or your JBL speaker, then you can sing and you won't be embarrassed. But no, it, singing is awesome. Uh, but you got to find a song you all like and that it's easy to sing along. Boys, teenage boys especially need something really simple. That that's right. Now, now that I have a, a seven month old daughter, I, I find myself I'm singing all the time now just to entertain her and keep her going. So. Uh, I've, yeah. I've, I've tried to find that voice inside there. So good advice and, and appreciate that. And, and one other thing that, that you, uh, you talked, you talked about a little bit as far as the control and this, this idea that, man, we realize that so much is out of our control. Uh, but you wrote about th- this idea of ownership too. And we have kind of the a misunderstanding of ownership and we try to own everything in our lives what are you yeah. kind of thinking about and learning in, in that regard, specifically with the situation we're facing right now? When, when I was on the Seahawks, our owner was the Nordstrom family. Mm. And, you know, they run their stores really well, right? And they treat their people well, and they're known for quality. Well, the Seahawks had a good quality organization. And then they were bought by a real estate developer in the Bay Area, San Francisco, who wasn't a good football owner. And it was evident. Mm. And everything went downhill. And we went from being a winning team to being a team that could only win one game a season. Mm. Uh, And they almost moved the team. But then a new owner came in uh, who was a good owner, Paul Allen. He entrusted the team to good management. Mike Holmgren uh, brought us to a Super Bowl. And then Pete Carroll brought us to a Super Bowl. Uh, So ownership makes all the difference. Here's the deal. If the guys listening to me aren't really a follower of Jesus, maybe aren't gung-ho or haven't really made that full choice to surrender to God. There's things going wrong in your life. And the reason is because you're trying to own your life and run your life all by yourself. Mm. Okay. And and you were designed by God to operate with him uh, as your leader and owner and guide. Now, if you're a Christian dude listening to this, which is probably what a lot of the guys are, uh, you probably have a bunch of stuff that's still not going well Mm. because you kind of think, well, I'm a Christian. God should make things turn out good for me. Or I pray to give me a better job. Or I wish I'd get a raise. Or I wish my kids would get into that school and get a scholarship. Or why, why, why can't my marriage be easy? Like my friend who looks like his marriage is easy. You're wrong. His marriage is hard because you're comparing your insides to his outsides. But Christian who's struggling really has the same thing. It's an ownership problem. The wrong person is owning your life. Mm-hmm. We treat our life like God is our Santa Claus helping us as a supply chain so we can run a really good life that we craft. And that wasn't the way he designed it. We're not smart enough. We're not good enough. We are not as benevolent toward ourselves as God is, even though we think he's holding out on us, which Mm. is what happened in the Garden of Eden. So here's the gist of it. If you have too much stress, too much pressure, too much frustration, you lose your temper too fast, you're upset that you don't have enough money or things aren't 
going good at work or kids or health or anything else. It's probably because you are owning your life and depending upon the quality of the circumstances to make you happy versus saying, God made me, God saved me. I'm a citizen of heaven. God calls me an ambassador of his, and he says I'm his son in whom he's well-pleased because Jesus lived perfectly. I didn't. He owns me. Mm. And I'd, I'd really do well to put the ownership of my life back in his hands. You know, if you've got a pickup truck and you want to sell it to me, Bryce, you're going to give me the keys and you're going to take the title deed out and you're going to sign it over to me. Mm. What, if we, what if we gave God the keys to our life and then we took the title deed to our life and we said, my past, my present, my future, my brain, my body, my dreams, my emotions, my thoughts, uh, my money, my wife, my kids, my job, my future, my house, my ego, it all belongs to God. Well, did you just make a mistake and put it in the hands of some dumb idiot that won't manage it well, is going to tank the investments? Hmm. No way. You just put it in the best steward's hands ever. And then when you wake up in the morning and you start worrying or acting ambitious, or you get in a, a business situation and you get a little greedy, or you get in an argument with your wife and you want to defend yourself, you stop and you say, wait a minute, I don't own myself. I don't own these emotions. I don't own this argument. I don't own this marriage. God does. I need to switch gears. Mm. God guide me. Mm. Take over ownership. Mm. That'll make you a better husband and a better employee and a better employer. And it'll bring you more peace and it gets you back in touch with him. So that's something I did in my life about a year ago um, after a businessman that I was coaching had basically determined that he was owning his life and felt too much stress. We came up with this idea of writing a title deed to our life. So he typed one out for his life signed it over to God. And four months later, I typed one out for my life and signed it over to God. And now it's a reminder to me every day and each situation. So that takes us back to control, mm. Bryce. It's awesome. Uh, you don't, you don't control the stock market. It went from, you know, 30,000 down to 20,000. Uh, you don't control getting to go to business. They shut it down. You don't control whether you get to go to a baseball game this spring or not, or if the NFL is going to have a season. Uh, you don't control uh, if you're going to stay healthy or not get healthy. And what's going to happen in the world? You don't control it. God does. You do control your attitude, mm. your your response to things. And most importantly, you have the choice. Will I let God own my life and yield to his control? Or will I try to kind of own some of my life myself and still strive for control, which ends up frustrating the heck out of you and your wife <laughs> and your kids and everyone else? So. That's why I turned from the control issue to the ownership issue. If, if a guy wants to write something down, write down uh, Galatians 2.20 in the book of Galatians, verse 20 in chapter 2. It says that I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer me who lives, but it's Jesus Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in this body, in this flesh, with this brain and these feelings, I don't live by myself. I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. Amen. Whoa. Amen. That's, that's, that's an explanation of a man who has transferred ownership and is fearless. Mm. Okay. And if you were wondering how to make the decision, take a look at Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, which Dr. Crawford Loritz, the pastor and men speaker, he says, it's the ultimate decision. A lot of Christians don't make, you say you believe in Jesus, you go to church, you walk the aisle, but you never give him ownership. Mm. And just read Romans 12 verses one and two. It tells you 
how to give God ownership because you're grateful and you think he's a better owner than you. Hmm. And then it lets you start changing to be shaped more by Jesus and his character than, you know, what the culture is doing, which doesn't lead us to good behavior. Mm. Amen. And yeah, to think we should give ownership to the creator. He, he knows, yeah, he knows us <laughs> inside and out. He, uh, he designed it. So designed us and designed our, our lives. So, uh, what a what an encouraging word, and and I think I guess the the, the caveat or the the question that always comes when you talk about ownership or giving up control and saying, all right, you know, Lord, you lead the way. Then it comes to okay, so then what do I do? What steps do I take? And we kind of always wrestle with that. It's like, well, I know that I still have to do something. I, I know I can't just sit on my hands. I, I know. Yeah. So what do you say just to kind of complete the 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 full conversation with that? That's a good question. The doubts that a guy is having saying, well, what do I do? Just sit here and wait for God to give money in my bank account and make my marriage good and turn around the, the illness in my kid? Well, the word wait is a good word. God says to wait on him, which means trust, pray, and wait to hear him tell you. And when he tells you something, then do it. Mm. Okay? Uh, if you don't have peace with your wife as a team, it doesn't make sense to move forward. I, I used to make some financial decisions without my wife's approval and I lost the money. Ah. Some other ones she didn't want me to do and I didn't do them. And, and I saw that the people that did them lost the money. Mm. So wait till you hear from God. And sometimes that means unity with your wife. If you're married, uh, a couple mentors that can affirm it. You read a passage in the Bible that confirms it, a sermon or a devotional or a podcast by some amazing guy named Bryce <laughs> unpacking it. Uh, confirms it. Uh, so that's the waiting on God part. Remember that God made us to be in his image and God is a creative God. He is an acting God. He is an initiative taking God. He made men to be initiators, leaders, conquerors, and achievers. We're supposed to meet the enemy at the door. Hmm. We're supposed to defend the weak and the poor and the vulnerable. Okay. We are supposed to start a business, build a farm, grow a product, increase something, build a team, win a championship, but then all the credit goes to God. Okay. Amen. Amen. All the credit goes to God. Um, so when it comes to this, if I give him ownership, do I just stop doing everything? No, you start stewarding mm. the life that he gave you with the same principle as Jesus gave in that story of the guy that got one talent, five talents and 10 talents. The one with one hit it under the mattress. The one with five invested it and made five more. And the one with 10, invested it and got a hundred. Mm. So God wants you to work, but he doesn't want you to work as if the provision depends on you. Cause then you'll take his credit and his glory, mm. the glory and credit has to go to him. Okay. And I've been catching myself lately when I try to get force a group to have me speak. Mm. When I try to negotiate a fee too high with some business or some uh, event, uh, I'm trying to provide for myself, taking away God's glory. When I just relax and say, okay, God, please bring me some good speeches. I'm going to make some calls. I'm going to be in touch with people. I'm going to bless them. I'll put out some good content. I'll write my book, but I'm going to trust you. Then when something happens, I can say, oh my gosh, he is good. And I'm just fortunate to be his son. Mm. And I don't get messed up by pride. You know, it's, it's Super Bowl teams. It's humility that gets them there because they're all serving each other. But then they all get big rings, oh, big yeah. contracts, big endorsements. They're all negotiating for a new contract. Everyone says you're the best. The bandwagon is full. And then arrogance and pride and hubris kills the very teamwork that wins Super Bowls and they can't win the next year. 
so that's true. why it's better to let God provide for you. So I tell the guy, find the very best productive activity that you can have during this time at home. Mm. It may be a certain number of sales calls and you may start to pray for your, your clients on the phone before you get on the phone with them. Mm. Uh, you may test your motives ahead of time and say, Lord, help me truly serve them and not force any sale or um, actions that aren't in their best interest. Wow. But, but you're going to be busy making more calls than ever because you're praying and getting help from God and you're not so nervous about whether they go well or not. Mm. And maybe there's a seminar you're, you've been supposed to write. You haven't written it yet. Write the content now. Mm. Okay. Maybe you haven't balanced your books for a long time. Balance them now and get that out of the way. So you're free when you can leave the house again. That's right. In my, ca in my case, write the book, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> run to God, give him ownership, listen to him in the word and in prayer and in solitude and walking outside, get into nature, invite him to talk, talk to you, you know, say, God, I'm your servant. Speak to me. Mm. I'm listening. Speak to me. And then get your ears ready. And then when he tells you something, uh, you could then focus on that and you do the best you can seeking excellence working hard, but not as if it's up to you and not as if you're going to get the credit and not as if you're providing for yourself. You're just stewarding the talents and the calling and the gifts that God gave you. Amen. I mean, it's so powerful. And if, if we really let that set in, and I think moment by moment, day by day, recognizing that God is with us and that Christ is in us and, yeah. and everything we're doing through that perspective is powerful. And then we lean yeah. into we lean into him. We stop trying to do things in our own strength, and it's just that that understanding of what's already there. The power is in us if we're if we're followers of Jesus and we've given our life to him. That he's in us and with us, and 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 wants wants us to to yield to him because he knows what's best. So yeah, the Bible used Jesus used that word uh, abiding, which means um, hang out with me, mm. rest in me, think about me, plug into me. Um, Make me your power source. That's right. Okay. And if you stay connected to me really closely and you expect me to fill you up with my power and in, in, in my Holy Spirit inside of you, and, and you wait for my guidance and let me be the, the fuel, let me be the energy, let me be the electricity, let me be the smarts and the, and the brain power, then you'll bear much fruit. Your marriage will get better. Fathering will get better. Your work will do better. You'll handle conflict better. You'll, you might get angry, but you won't express it and act like an idiot and mess everything up. Man, no, it's so, so strong. And, and Jeff, man, we could, we could talk all day, but let, let's end on, on that note and, and just appreciate you coming on today just to be an encouragement to our listeners today and, and just provide us a, a, a unique perspective and a key perspective as we're, we're all battling all sorts of negative thoughts and, and all the, the messages that are coming out right now with, you know, a lot of gloom and doom and, and bleak results and, and, you know, news updates and everything else. But, but ultimately we know we're victorious in Christ. We know that he's in us and, and he'll give us the strength and power to get through this, to face our blitz, as you say, and, uh, and what a, what a wonderful uh, perspective to, to have today. So thanks so much for sharing that with us and, and wish you the, the best with your book that you're writing and, and, and making the most of this time that, that is now kind of freed up for you to do some of those things that you talked about. So thanks, uh, Bryce. Hey, can I take a quick moment and pray for all the guys listening? Please do. That's awesome. Absolutely. And, and gals that love sports. Father God, um, help us really see you as a perfect, amazing, loving, good dad. 
and take out of our mind any wrong images of you as a dad because we didn't have a perfect dad ourselves. Uh, and Father, thank you for Jesus who died on the cross on purpose, was raised from the dead and gives us the victory and life and power to handle any challenge. And I just pray for every one of us to uh, seek you, give you full ownership and not fear. Uh, of course, we're not supposed to shake hands or socially mingle or take risks that are un unwise right now. We need to protect other people and not be selfish. Uh, help us to do that. We pray for the whole country from leadership uh, to the young people uh, to make the changes we need to change and that you would show your protection and turn this and flatten the curve and get us through this time. Uh, but we pray for good to come out of this blitz in our hearts, in our relationships, and even in the church, which will start to focus on blessing others when they can't meet in their own building. So bring good from bad and help us all be leaders and instruments for Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. He's Jeff Kemp right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much to Jeff for joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast. And wow, that was encouraging. So practical, so relatable. And, and I, I do believe it's doable. I, I really believe the things that we talked about are doable. They're not pie in the sky. Guys, we can live this life with Jesus and, and recognize that, man, we've got so much power and strength available to us because Jesus died. He rose again, and he lives within us. And, and so that is tremendous hope, and, and so that's what our faith is in. We don't have to try to do it all in our own strength. And, and so we, we can't overcome the anxiety, the worry, the fear, and all the shenanigans that, that you know, is taking place right now in our own strength. And like Jeff was saying, so much of this is out of our control. And so we, we can, you know, in many ways, control the amount of time that we spend with the Lord and, and, and being intentional and you know what we're focusing our mind on and, and reading his word and meditating on his word and reading some good books and you know we can check out facing the blitz and and, and give that a, a read this time uh, you know with what's going on and so um, the question of who, who's owning my life where's the ownership am I trying to own and control everything or am I going to have open hands open heart and and just allow the Lord to move even in the midst of the craziness right now. It's, it's, it's powerful stuff. So let's, uh, let's lead well and lead our families well and lead even our, you know, whatever, whatever role we have in our company, the people that we're working with or clients and, and any ways that we can lead well and provide people hope and, and show our faith, reveal our faith right now. And so, uh, so I hope that all of this just uh, it was uplifting to you. would love to know your thoughts. Please reach out. Let me know what you thought. Uh, send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Shoot me a text, social media, whatever uh, way you like to communicate. Uh, would love to hear from you. So uh, my big takeaway is, is that, that verse in Galatians. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. Galatians 2.20. Uh, tremendous verse. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Wow. There you go. Let that let that soak in. Unpack that today. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks to Jeff. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. As always, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.